Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hello, Foo followers around the world. Welcome to episode 28 of the Kung Fu Movie Guide podcast. My name is Ben Johnson. Thank you so much for tuning in. In order to keep up to date with the latest martial arts movie news, reviews and analysis, visit KungFuMovieGuide.com. You can also follow us on Twitter, Instagram and Facebook. We also have a monthly newsletter in which you can get your hands on loads of free stuff. Sign up today by visiting the website and providing us with your email address. Thank you so much for downloading and listening to this episode of the show. Here we go. Well, if you're really so determined to have a fight, then I'll oblige. (laughs) Hello, Foo followers. Welcome. Welcome one and all. Welcome to the Kung Fu Movie Guide podcast, KFMG Pod. That's what all the cool kids call it. Thank you very much for stopping by. Wherever you are, wherever you're listening to this, wherever you're enjoying this, if you're on a train, on a car, on a car, on a bus, maybe you're in a car, maybe you're in the gym, maybe you're listening to this, I don't know, at a family event, maybe you're uh, in the cinema, that's a bad place, don't listen to this in the cinema. Whatever you're doing, hello from London. Uh, and I hope you're well. Listen, we have a great guest on today's show, two great guests actually, as I have a nice conversation with the French-Canadian martial arts instructor, stuntman turned action star, Alain Moussi. So I caught up with Alain uh, earlier in the year uh, when he was in California doing press for the film Kickboxer Retaliation. Uh, That's the second in the rebooted Kickboxer franchise, uh, which follows on from 2016's uh, Kickboxer Vengeance. So the series, which obviously was uh, originally made famous by uh, Jean-Claude Van Damme, who starred in the first Kickboxer film uh, back in 1989, real iconic uh, role for Van Damme. Uh, The series has now been brought back. It's been re-energised. It's been rebooted uh, by the producer, writer and director Dimitri Logothetis. And it's with Retaliation, the sequel, that um, the series now has really hit its stride. It's a really enjoyable movie. So the DVD of Kickboxer Retaliation is out now in the UK on Blu-ray and DVD uh, via Kaleidoscope Home Entertainment. Go and buy your copy now. And uh, it's also available on quite a few different streaming services, I believe, all around the world. Alain Moussi is very good in it, uh, showing off his vast array of uh, amazing kicks and splits that he does. And he has really grown in confidence as well since um, the first Kickboxer movie. Uh, and over the years, he has become a lot uh, more confident as a leading man. Uh, and he's very good in Kickboxer Retaliation. But there's also a very good supporting cast uh, in the movie as well, including Christopher Lambert from Highlander and Mortal Kombat from loads of movies uh, Mike Tyson is in this movie uh, and he's, he's actually a lot better than you'd think uh, in this film it's also got a strange scene involving the Brazilian football star Ronaldinho 
The villain of the movie is played by Hathor Bjornsson, uh, probably better known as the Mountain from uh, Game of Thrones. Uh, he's a real formidable uh, adversary for Alain Moussi. Uh, and Jean-Claude Van Damme is back in the movie as well, reprising his role uh, as the Master, Master Durand. Uh, and Van Damme is, uh, is, is very good in this as well. Alan Musi and uh, Dimitri Logothetis have quickly followed up on the success of Kickboxer Retaliation, which has had some really great uh, reviews. They quickly followed up uh, Retaliation with a third Kickboxer film uh, called Kickboxer Armageddon, which I believe is currently being filmed uh, as I speak. So uh, exciting times ahead for Alan. And um, we have a nice chat uh, about that upcoming movie and obviously uh, his experiences making uh, the Kickboxer franchise. Quite an unexpected thing does happen about halfway through this conversation with Alan, uh, which I hadn't uh, fully prepared for. Uh, so, but it's a nice surprise anyway. So, particularly if you're uh, a big fan of the new uh, Kickboxer movies, uh, then you should uh, certainly have plenty to enjoy with this episode of the show. Anyway, listen, all of that's coming up in a little bit. So, we look forward to that. First of all, a little bit of business here. And actually, this is where I have to admit something to you guys, because uh, we have been having a bit of technical trouble uh, on the website at the moment. And I'm bringing this up because uh, quite a few Foo followers have sent me messages and they've been in touch. You're very uh, eagle-eyed and that's great to see. Uh, but uh, you, you have been asking why the previous few episodes haven't been available on the website. What I thought was actually a minor issue that's happening in the back end of the website is actually a lot bigger than I, I thought it was uh, going to be. So that is basically stopping us at the moment from putting up new content to the website for the time being, at least. But, you know, the show must go on. Uh, and uh, the podcast is obviously still available on all the major podcast providers and will continue to be. So, uh, yeah, so just bear with us for the time being. We've got to get our WordPress brains on for a little little bit and work out the issue uh, that's happening on the website. And I'll keep you up to date, obviously, uh, as to when all of this uh, business is sorted out. So that is that. Another thing, it's British Podcast Awards time. Uh, I mentioned this last year, uh, so I'm just raising it again. If you do like the show and you appreciate the work that we put into it, uh, then why not vote for us in the Listener's Choice Award? This is open to all podcasts. Uh, and if you do enjoy this show, then why not vote for us? It's dead easy. Go to BritishPodcastAwards.com slash vote. Search for the Kung Fu Movie Guy podcast and cast your vote that way. I think um, the Kermode and Mayo podcast win it every year anyway, uh, or maybe uh, Adam Buxton, but uh, who knows? Hey, listen, there could be a Kung Fu movie related upset this year. Wouldn't that be fantastic? Anyway, another way that you can show your appreciation for the show is by leaving us a star rating or a comment with your podcast provider that does something to the algorithms or something, I guess. But anyway, it sort of helps to boost the show with the podcast provider and hopefully attract even more listeners so there you go that's just a couple of things that you can do in order to show your support for the kung fu movie guide podcast okay then enough of this whiffle waffle let's go over and talk all things kickboxer related to the man of the hour He's one of the best up-and-coming martial arts movie stars currently out there on the planet. With a little support from a surprise guest, uh, let's throw over now to my conversation with the wonderful Alan Moussi. 
everything went crazy when all the great reviews have been coming out. So, yeah, you know, it's, it's, been, uh, it's, cool. it's been very positively received, hasn't it? It has. It has. And you yeah. know what? For it's, it's funny because, you know, it's a genre movie. It's a martial arts film. So obviously what you ex- like, you expect fa- fight fans and all kinds of those people that really like it. But, yeah. you know, you don't expect Forbes to come out and say, this is awesome. You know, mm. so when mm. we had Forbes come out and uh, and give us like an incredible, incredible review, yeah. it you know it just put everything over the top, which is great. Yeah. Can you pinpoint why do you think that is? Why has there been so much attention on this movie, Alan? What do you what do you think? I think it's a combination of things. I think uh, number one, um, our writer, producer, and director is Dimitri Logothetis. He's the one that yeah. that does it all. He relaunched this uh, this series right he's the driving force behind it um and having him as a director in this uh, this film is a game changer in terms of cinematography in terms of a story and everything else so dimitri really wanted this film to be a much bigger film um and i think you know that that's what he succeeded at i mean and uh for in if you look at the cast i mean we have returning cast but then you know we had mike tyson and you had christopher lambert yeah Um, amazing amazing people and they're used so well in the film as well aren't they like everyone plays their parts exactly how you you would want them to be played as well so that's really nice and i think that's a you know that obviously comes back to the director i mean you know dimitri really he he knows how to talk to these people he knows how to position everyone really well we have great cameos in the film great fight you know fighters coming in out of the film as you saw yeah Um, and for, Ronald, for Ronaldinho, Ronaldinho, yeah, it's cool. It's out of nowhere; it just pops out yeah. of nowhere and it's there, you know. So it, it, that stuff is cool to me. I, I always enjoy that. We really wanted to push the envelope and on the action. And yeah. again, it's, it's something that you know I, I know we succeeded at doing. It is a different style. It's uh, it's very raw, very real, very hard hitting, um, yeah. and that's what we we wanted to go for, you know. Yeah. You've got some really long take fight scenes in there as well, which uh, which is really uh, interesting to see. Uh, obviously, that's a challenge in itself just to try and uh, create a fight scene like that. And uh, I'd imagine it's uh, quite hard work to do it. But I think that alone sort of proves that, you know, you were willing to take a few more chances with this sequel. Does that does that make sense? It feels a bit more ambitious in a way. Oh, my God. Absolutely. I agree with you. Yeah. 100%. Um, you know, it's. It's the and, and the challenges behind these scenes is also because the, the lack of time to prepare and shoot them. Like we had yeah. a great prep, right? And uh, that first one are in the jail. That's our uh, Thai coordinator Jim who put that together with his team, and it's his team that are all the the guys that you know are fighting with me. So, but the story behind that scene is really interesting because um, I it, that was shot on the first day before lunch, and right. with one hour rehearsal. Wow. So I came in. I learned that the whole sequence that morning. And actually, we made up the, all the stuff on the um, on the scaffolding was to, was tweaked on that morning. So we rehearsed that morning. And then Dimitri says, hey, let's shoot it. And I'm like, uh, well, we got to rehearse with camera. And so like, yeah, yeah, we'll rehearse a few times and we'll shoot it. And I'm like, okay. So we go at it and we do it. We run through with the, cam- with the, with the crew, with the stunts, with the cameras and all that kind of stuff. Work everything out. And then it's like, all right, let's do it. We ended up doing it on the like getting the take on the third one. Now, wow. day one before lunch with the one hour, let's say ninety minute rehearsal, we have yeah. a four minute oneer in the can. That is crazy to me. I told everyone this is a miracle shot, guys. It's like yeah, yeah, yeah. If this is how we set the tone, man, let's have fun. Let's do it. You know. Oh, is that one-eyed bastard here? Who the hell are you? 
You dare call our boss that? You do seem more confident in this role now. It does feel like you're upping your game in the in the acting and the dramatic side of things. Would you agree with that? I would agree with that totally. And yeah. I think that's, that the, the the genius of that is in the script. In the first script, if you notice, like even in the story and everything, everything is very simple. Like it's not asking me to do anything very dramatic. It's asking me to yeah. fight. It's asking me to be you know, that, that straight guy all the way through and requires very, you know, basics. To me to be me, pretty much. That's what I sure. can say. In the second film, there is more depth. It's asking for more performance. There is more drama. And, you know, it goes with me gaining some experience, having tons of coaching in between films. And I do, I, I train like a maniac. That's what, I'll, that's yeah. what I want to do. So Train in, in acting? Both acting. I, I, yeah. I train all year acting, and then I train uh, um, all my martial arts and everything else. But, I mean, obviously... Yeah. What's gonna make um, what? What I to, to up the game? I need to become a better actor. Obviously, that's normal. You know, yeah. I, that's the way I see it. That's like, like martial arts. Listen, I've been training martial arts for how long? Like over twenty-five years now. Sure. You know, so when somebody says, "Hey, you know, he's doing whatever move he's doing," yeah, I've been doing it for twenty-five years. I mean, so yeah. let's say you took uh, an actor that's been doing it for twenty-five years. And then you told them, I want you to do the sequence Ellen just did. And let's give you, what, five-minute rehearsal and let's do it. Yeah. You know what I mean? And then nobody would say a word about it because you doubled. That's what would happen. You know what I mean? Yeah. So, so for me, that, it's kind of the reverse. So now yeah. I study acting and I try to gain as much experience from everyone I'm working with. The same yeah. way I would. I treat it the same way I do martial arts. Definitely, I think in the third one, when we go into Armageddon, which we already have a script. I've read it. Wow. It's great. You're, you're, it's pushing Kurt Sloan even further, which is great. You know, it really goes yeah. with me getting experience, which is amazing. Do you get nervous still, or is that sort of calmed down a bit, or what? How does? How are you with that? I, I get nervous yeah. all the time. Yeah. Yeah. But you know what? For me, um, I've always channeled nerves into excitement and then into performance. Yeah. And I feel that if I'm not nervous at all. There's something wrong. I, it's like I'm yeah. not on my game. I'm not on top of my game yet. And if I am nervous, that means, you know, I'm ready. It's go time. That's, that means I'm excited. That means it's, you know, it's time to really do it. So yeah. I get nervous every single time. There's probably not that much time on a film set like that to be nervous. You've just got to jump in and do it, haven't you? Because, you know, every, every day is costing money, isn't it? Of course. No, no. It's like yeah. when it's, you know, they say it's time to go. It's time to go. I mean, <laughs> yeah. there's yeah. no, hey, give me an hour to breathe. And to do my relaxation exercises, uh, no, yeah. <laughs> really, that's not a reality of a set. I mean, the set is, yeah. all right, Alain, they need you on set. Perfect. Moving on. Yeah. And you've got to be ready now. You're a leading man in, uh, you know, a successful franchise. Mm-hmm. Um, are you looking towards more dramatic roles? Is that ultimately where you want your career to be heading, Alain? Um, so... Right now, I am looking for leading roles. That's exactly where I want to be. I'm leading man in this franchise. It's amazing. And that's, you know, it's funny. I had a question earlier. Why haven't you done so many different things in between? And honestly, it's because of that. I really pick, I'm picky about where I want to go with my career. And with Dimitri right now, we have Kickboxer 3 on the way. We have another franchise called Jiu-Jitsu that we're going to be shooting later this year. Um, Fantastic. we got time, and I'm leading man in all of those. So yeah. the idea for me is to establish myself as a leading and as an action lead. That's where I want to yeah. be. That's my position. That's where I want to be. And ultimately, later on, as we progress and establish this leading man in action films, maybe it will branch off to possibly comedy or drama or whatever. But the idea right now is I'm really trying to build 
um, to, to build an audience. Obviously, yeah. for, for these films that we're doing, and I honestly, I love doing action. What types of scripts are out there for you? I mean, is there a wealth of material out there that's, um, you know, going to challenge you, but also be entertaining, great uh, for audiences? I mean, what, what's the lay of the land at the moment? I think there's tons of stuff out there, you know, it's, yeah. it's a question of just putting my hands on it and then, or other people getting interested. I mean, it's a, it's, you know, a balance of both, but the reality is how many people uh, right now out there are doing action films who are actually doing all the stuff. I mean, the stunts, yeah. the, the, the acting, the, 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 the answer to that is very little. <laughs> Yeah, you've got insider knowledge on that. Having worked as stunt doubles and worked on big Hollywood movies, you've got a you know an inherent knowledge on just how much action is being done for real. Absolutely, absolutely, I do have yeah. complete knowledge on that, and I can tell you that obviously the support of stunt doubles is very present <laughs> for yeah. most. You know, for most action leads that are in action films right now, whether they're Marvel films or whatever, and I know they're doubles, and I've doubled them. <laughs> You know what I mean? Yeah. So, and it's it's great. And you know what? Every single time I've been on set with everybody, I, I've doubled. And we are all freaking awesome actors. And I sit yeah. down and I watch them work and I admire them. I think they're great. And I just try to absorb some of their knowledge and what and, and, and their their expertise. You see, but obviously their expertise is acting. They are great dramatic actors. But when you've worked with like Henry Cavill, uh, Hugh Jackman, when you work with these big names that are known for their acting, mm -hmm. um, are you are you asking them, you know, you're taking them to one side and asking for acting tips and that sort of stuff? I mean, do you... No. Um, do, no, it doesn't, it doesn't work. It doesn't work like that. No, I, you know what? We, we become buddies on set. We, I teach them what they need to do. My goal as a stunt double was always to make sure that the lead and the, the, the person I'm doubling um, could do as much of their action as possible. So my goal is yeah. to train them, to give them tips and everything. And on the acting side, I don't really sit down and talk about that. I, I, I just never felt comfortable doing that. I yeah. just always wanted to observe and just take in whatever I could observe. And that's always yeah. been my thing, you know. I never wanted to intrude on uh, on what they did, and I didn't want to break concentration and go there. I, it's never been my thing. But yeah. um, you know, when I was working opposite Christopher Lambert, for example, which was yeah. an awesome actor, I, I had a chance to sit down with Chris and and have breakfast and just chat about his career, about you know everything he's done and his yeah. uh, his journey, which was so enlightening and, and uh, it was really cool to hear. You know, and then we got a chance to talk about acting and that kind of stuff. What sort of tips did he give you? Man, he, he Chris Lambert, he's very simple. He's just like, have, yeah. he, he made your tip, have fun, and yeah. do the best you can. And, you know, just try to be as real as possible. I think those were the three major things he told. You see how simple yeah. that was? It wasn't yeah. about, yeah. you know, he didn't go deep into, you know, make sure you eat some oranges and then make sure you live in a dumpster for three months uh, yeah. to get, you know, really dramatic and beat up. No, it's not about that for him, you know? Yeah. So, I love that. That was the best thing I could have heard. When you're working particularly with someone of that uh, caliber, yes, I guess there any advice that they can they can give you on to how to do that. Because Elaine, you you don't want it. This isn't this is your your career, your ambition, isn't it? Is to stay and to continue to make movies. That's your oh, absolutely, thing. dude. Uh, yeah, this yeah. is only the beginning. I say it all the time. It's only the beginning. Just watch, yeah. watch, and yeah. watch it all unfold. <laughs> Damn your ass! What are we to do with you? I read somewhere you were born in Africa. Is that is that right? Yes, it was. Yeah, it's, yeah. it's right. My dad was teaching math in Africa. He was a math teacher. So him and my mom. My mom's from um, from Montreal, and uh, they moved to Africa for for a year. And I was born there. We came back to Montreal for like a few months, and then went back to Africa in uh, on the Ivory Coast. 
and lived there for about a year until we moved back to Canada. I grew up in uh, Moncton, New Brunswick, for three years. Um, okay. And then we moved to Ottawa and when I was seven years old. And I've, I've been living in Ottawa since I was seven. I've never been to Canada. I, which I've got so many great Canadian friends. Everyone says it's lovely. What was your childhood like then? I'm guessing very cold. <laughs> uh, it, it is very cold. You know what? I don't yeah. like the winter all that much. I, I do winter sports, so that's how I get through it. Uh, skating and skiing and snowboarding that kind of stuff but no I I had a great childhood I had great parents Uh, my parents were always supportive of everything I did I mean we were never rich Uh, we're not from a rich family my dad came to Canada with nothing literally nothing Uh, he had 200 bucks in his pockets I say this all the time and and then he made a life for himself he went to school was educated then built a life for us which was incredible my mom such a hard-working woman um, you know, and always took care of us. Always made sure we have everything we need. And the great thing they did, they put me in martial arts. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah. I mean, um, am I right? I think I read somewhere your dad was uh, sort of initially got you into martial arts because he was a Bruce Lee fan. Is that right? Did he show you Bruce so, Lee movies? Yeah. So, so what happened? Yeah, exactly. So the way it happened, I saw Bloodsport when I was ten. Actually, so hold on. I, I tried martial arts at seven years old in this jiu-jitsu oh, okay. school called Terran Jiu-Jitsu in, in Ottawa. Then at ten years old, I. Saw saw Bloodsport and that got me hooked I you know kicking splits and all that kind of stuff so my initiation to martial arts was Van Damme and that became to me my idol you know Jean-Paul Van Damme so I went back to that jiu-jitsu school with my mom and she gave me an introduction and then I started training Uh, and later on my dad was a huge Bruce Lee fan so as soon as I got you know really interested in martial arts my dad's like okay we got to watch Enter the Dragon so I yeah. watched Enter the Dragon. I remember I was like, oh, my God, Bruce Lee yeah. is just incredible. And then I went and bought all the other Bruce Lee movies and then watched yeah. all of those. And I would that would be like an annual thing where me and my dad would watch Bruce Lee films. Um, yeah. You know, and then as the Van Damme movies it's came out, parenting. I would watch those. Yeah, it's great parenting. <laughs> yeah, I think so. It's great. <laughs> And then, you know, um, Jackie Chan came later and then Wesley yeah. Snipes. So were you motivated then to learn um, a particular discipline? You, I guess if you were watching Van Damme, were you, you wanted to get into, um, I don't know, some of the kicking arts like taekwondo or kickboxing? Or were you not really bothered? No, I wanted to kick. That's it. Yeah. I, and in jiu-jitsu, I did Japanese jiu-jitsu. So we had tons yeah. of stand-up and we kicked. And there was a few really good kickers in my club. I'd sit at home, watch cartoons. And then while I was watching cartoons, I'd just stretch for half an hour nonstop, just pushing myself to get to that split. And then put chairs up. I tried to do the split on chairs and sure. I was obsessed with it it was ridiculous we all tried that <laughs> yeah exactly yeah what was happening with your schooling during all of this were you were you good at school as well were you quite academic I was very academic yeah my, yeah. my dad my dad's academic very academic my mom's very uh, she was academic very intelligent so you know I, I, I school is really important grades are very very important in my house yeah. now did I love school no I, I didn't love school like I didn't love academics I didn't wasn't happy to go hey let's do, go do math for fun it was sure. not, you know, but I, I didn't mind doing it and I understood the value because my parents passed that on. So, you know, in order to create opportunities for the future, um, getting good grades was part of that, that solution. Yeah. You know, part of that, uh, yeah. But, so, but did you, were, at what point were you thinking, well, to be honest, I don't think one of these traditional disciplines like becoming a lawyer or becoming a, I don't know, working in a bank or in finance or something, I don't think that's, that's going to be for me. Were you pursuing a, a an alternative career? I, I so, so I was joking around with my dad. I didn't know what I wanted to do in university. And I had, you know, I had the grades to pretty much do whatever I wanted. So I, I told him as a joke, well, it was kind of half joking. I just want to see his reaction. Say, Dad, I think I'm just going to go to circus school. And yeah. he looked at me and smiled and said, no, you're not. 
<laughs> so, so then. But I he was he, also, he was serious though, was he? Oh, he was completely serious. There's no way. Yeah, so, sure. so then what he said, but, but you know what? My dad would have been supportive if I had a good plan in, you know, to, in anything. But at the same time, he, he's like, no, you need something. If you, once you have your degree, do whatever you want. But I mean, you, yeah. ha- you need something to fall back on. So yeah. I was really good at math and physics. So he said, why don't you become an engineer? And I said, sure. Yeah. So I, uh, I got into aerospace engineering. That was my first program. And okay. my dad was a, became a computer programmer. He was a you know, top of um, Canada Post in uh, the yeah. programming department. So I, at some point, I'm like, I don't know about this whole, you know, aerospace thing. I might go into software. So I moved to software engineering. My dad got me a job where it connected me with somebody he knew into this web development firm um, where I started doing back-end uh, programming for web development. And that's how I learned. Nice. I, within three weeks, looking at books, I learned how to program. And then I was like just coding all the time. Um, yeah. While I was doing that, though now I had some experience, I was looking at the clock all day waiting to go and start training and teaching. That's like, so, I couldn't wait to be done. And at some point, it just clicked with me. I think, you know what? I'm not made to work in an office. It's not going to be my future. I can't do it. It's like, meaning I can do it, like, physically, but it, it, I'm not passionate about it. I don't, you know. Yeah, I don't it, wasn't calling, it wasn't calling out to you. No, not at all. Lifestyle. Not at all. No. So then, what I decided to do, I told my parents, I'm like, oh, I, why don't I become a gym teacher? I can go into human kinetics and then go to teacher's college and then become a gym teacher. It's something physical, fun. I love teaching a martial arts and I can continue, continue doing both. So I did that. And then at some point, the opportunity came to open a martial arts school. Hey, hey, hey. You really should be ashamed. You call that a punch? About a year after I started teaching, I got into Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu um, sure. with an instructor in Ottawa. And that is funny enough, it was like, right, like, this was at the beginning of Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu in Ottawa. I mean, there was blue belts and that's it. Those were the yeah. highest ranked in Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu in Ottawa with blue belts. And that's when I started. Yeah, um, and wow. then I just did it all the way from there. And now I train with the Machados. What is it about Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu then that immediately struck you as like, okay, this is something I, I need to get into this? I love the idea that I could, you know, dominate somebody bigger than me. And, right. you know, I, I could do it striking, too. I mean, I could definitely go out and strike with guys that were taller, bigger, and, and good at it. But the whole idea, the chest match you had on the ground, you know, rolling around and then being with a bigger opponent um, and eventually choking them out. And you could just whisper in their ear saying, shh, shh, shh just go to sleep. You know, yeah. that's uh, <laughs> that the idea of that was really cool. And I was good at it. I was I took to it. You know, my instructor, Dan Guimet, at the time, he he was really great and he you know i spent so much time on the basics and positioning and all that kind of stuff and i remember having a match against this guy he was like six six um you know 240 pounds like much heavier than i was i was like 180 yeah. at the time and at the end i i choked him out and wow. i was like oh my and he even he that guy couldn't believe it he was like <laughs> like how did this pipsqueak you know just tap sure. me out and i got him choked him out and i tapped him out that was like a light bulb moment for you then was it oh god absolutely yeah. it was just you know and it's, i'm i love learning i'm an eternal student i love learning i can learn from anybody anytime um so to me it was something i didn't know it was a piece of the puzzle i didn't have so to now go into brazilian jiu-jitsu having the ground game i had my striking game I had my my uh, self defense game. Yeah. My, I had my yeah. kicks for sure. You know, yeah. so down I had the ground game to it. I just add the final piece of the puzzle. So I was doing that, competing in sport jujitsu a lot. 
and that was yeah. at the beginning of the the MMA craze. You've got a, a school there in Ottawa. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, do you see these guys rock up and they just want to, you know, I don't know, like the attitude's not quite right? And and if that's the case, how do you how do you deal with <laughs> something like that? <laughs> yeah, listen, you, 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 that happens all the time. I, I remember yeah. once I had a, we had a guy. Um, this was a while ago, actually, that wanted to come in. He said, "I want to fight." And I'm like, "Okay, what's your experience?" And he's like. Oh, yeah, I've, I've studied kickboxing online. I'm like, excuse me? <laughs> I've studied <laughs> kickboxing online. I'm like, what, do you, what does that mean? He says, well, you know, I watch videos and I train on my bag and I watch videos and train on my bag. And I'm like, okay. So yeah. this is your the extent of it. You want to fight? He's like, yeah, yeah. Well, let's let's start practicing a bit. So we get him going. But every day it's like, when do I get the spar? When do I get the spar? I'm like, well. Sure. So at some point, uh, is my, my um, business partner at the time, Stefan, he's like, Alain, can you take this guy in the ring just for one round and just to make sure we just – get all this settled and i'm like sure so we go into the ring and said i said let's do jabs we're just going to do you know nice and easy jab drills and you know i let him jab we go for a minute and boom 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 we move around nice and easy and he tries to do what he's going to do very unsuccessfully and then we switch and i think um nine or nine out of ten we're just hitting him in the face so after half the round after about 40 seconds he said stop i get it and I'm like, yeah. oh, really? What do you get? It's like, well, I should uh, I should take my time and learn something. I'm like, okay, good, awesome, great sure. job. This, go and train. You know what I mean? Because yeah. sometimes that's what it takes. And I've had guys like that. They say, I want to do MMA. I'm like, really? Let's do a class. And they go, just put them through a workout. And by the end, they're so dead. And yeah. they're like, oh my god, this is hard. It's not just like I'm watching on TV and I'm doing it. No, there's there's years and years and years of practice that go into this. So you're teaching in Canada. You're into martial arts movies, but um, at some stage there must have been a moment where you were thinking, oh, I actually want to step into the movies and take you know the skills that I do have and try and put them on screen. How did the movie aspect come in? Well, I always wanted to, to get into movies. Just in Ottawa, there's nothing going on, right? So it was really yeah. hard. I mean, you could become an extra maybe in the one yeah. production a year that's there. But otherwise, there's not much exposure. What happened is I started just my, – some of my friends, one of my buddies, uh, Robert Baldwin, he, he would love to shoot. He had a camera. He loved to shoot. So all his high school projects, he would shoot movies. And then, you know, that was his project. Instead of writing him out and his teachers would support it, he would ask me to put together some fight scenes for his little action shorts. And I would, I put on fight scenes, I study, uh, and then I would perform in his videos. And that's how I just, you know, I would have fun with it. Um, yeah. It's only later on, one of my friends, uh, JF Lachapelle, he, he got into stunt work in Montreal. That was right after 300, because that was shot in Montreal. Sure. And then yeah. I, I started asking JF, I'm like, dude, how do I get into film? Like, who, introduce me to somebody, what, like, what can I do? And he's like, well, there's nothing going on right now. It would be a waste to introduce you to somebody because they can't use you. So yeah. let's wait for the right opportunity. And I was like, all right, cool. But, you know, that's I don't like to wait for things. <laughs> it's yeah. not my style. Were you like, I want to be uh, a, an actor? I want to get into the stunt? Do, uh, do, or were you just like, I just want to work on a movie? I want to work on a movie. That, that was it. Yeah. I wanted to be an actor and all that kind of stuff. But, I mean, I wanted to me, it was all about getting to work on a movie because that was the first, yeah. like, if I can't work on a movie it's not going to work so sure. I knew I could do action really well I knew what the stunt he would explain to me what stunt work was and I'm like oh that means I can be in a movie in an action movie right away and yeah. I was like I have to do that So, but it took five years it was only five years yeah. later that uh, when Immortals was shooting in Montreal uh, he introduced that he said he called me he introduced me to um, the, uh, the fight coordinator Jean Frenette in Montreal and I, I auditioned I was able to train with the team and he used me to do all the fight concepts because I was—I happened to be the same size as Henry. 
So yeah. that's how I ended up doing the fight concepts on the previs. And then yeah. as, when the stunt coordinator saw me on the previs, he asked if I was able to work. So finally, yeah. Jean vouched for me. Jean was like, like, he backed me up. He said, listen, I think you can do it. So they decided that I was the right person for the job. And yeah. I was hired on my first stunt job was to double henry it was it was insane people slave away in the industry for years alive trying to get those uh those sorts of parts and then straight yep. away bang you get this immortals thing and you're you're doubling for henry cavill and it, what you were there for the full shoot in the previs as well everything i was there wow. for six months yeah we did we did all the prep we did all the they helped i helped you know with the team to do the design um, and then, you know, performing for three months, uh, helping to train Henry and support Henry in his role and all this stuff. It was it was it's like stunt boot camp for me. Six months yeah. of stunt boot camp. The beautiful <laughs> thing that came out of it, too, is the fact that so many stunt coordinators and stunt performers worked on it. So yeah. they all saw me perform in yeah. that position. And that right there uh, created many other opportunities for the future because yeah. I did a good job. Was it everything that you imagined it would be when once you got onto a proper full big Hollywood movie set <laughs> and more, yeah. everything and more? No, no. I walked in the first day, it's, and I don't know what to expect. I'm about to go do a rehearsal, and I remember walking in this huge set, and uh, there's like 200 people, and the producers, directors, people walk up to me, and the girls are fixing my wardrobe, and I don't even know what to do. They're just like, "Yeah, don't yeah. worry about it. Just get you. You'll get used to it." And I'm just walking in. I think I'm over here. Boom, boom, ready, and three, two, one, action. <laughs> and I'm like. It's crazy. But after that first three, two, one action where it went well, everything went really well. I'm like, oh, my God, I was made for. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role like me. In a given month, over 70 percent of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Since 2013, Bombas has donated over 100 million socks, underwear, and T-shirts to those facing homelessness. If we counted those on air, this ad would last over 1,157 days. But if we counted the time it takes to make a donation possible, it would take just a few clicks. Because every time you make a purchase, Bombas donates an item to someone who needs it. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST, code ACAST. All right. Let me try some of your kung fu. So I do Immortals in 2010. Yes. I meet Dimitri in 2011. Fall yeah. of 2011 is when I meet, actually summer, end of summer 2011 is when I meet Dimitri. We did a showcase for him and all of a sudden after the showcase, he introduced himself and we talked for like five minutes, asked me a whole bunch of questions on my, uh, on my training background and martial arts background and my personal background. And yeah. the next day, that's when I got a call from casting asking me to audition for this film as the lead. That was a movie Dimitri had in mind and he met you and was like, Alain Moussi, this is the guy. Yeah, it, it was yeah. called Wings of the Dragon. If you see on my MDB, Wings of the Dragon, it was that film. So I, I go and I meet Dimitri and he's like, listen, I, I, I'm relaunching the martial arts genre because right now it's kind of, you know, kind of in limbo. It's not, there's not so much going on. Sure. And uh, and I wanted to do it with somebody that, you know, that can do real action and that can pull off all the martial arts for real. And yeah. I think that you're that person. So how, how do you how would you feel about doing a few pictures with me? <laughs> and I'm like, 
so let's start uh, tomorrow. I mean, let's, sure. Yeah. Let's, let me let me think you know. about that. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So no, yeah. that, that and so this is you gotta you gotta remember. I started stunt. I got into film in 2010 yeah. in one movie, and then in 2011, boom, this happens. Yeah. Um, so this was it, was it was an amazing dream come true. What did he see in you? Do you think where he thought? This is the guy because you, yeah, you you were working as a stuntman and and you hadn't been working as a stuntman for very long and you hadn't done any acting training. So, what do you think he saw in you? Do you think? Would you like to talk to him? It's better if he says something. He's right here. Is he really? Yeah, he's around. I'm in the office right no now. No way. Go to his office. Yeah, you want to talk to him for a second? It's better if he. I'd rather get it from him than from me. Sure, sure, man. Yeah. Hold on a second. Let's see <laughs> what he's doing right now. If he's, uh, hey, Dimitri. Yeah. Um, I'm interviewing right now with um, hold on it's the Kung Fu uh, Movie Guide Kung Fu Movie Guide okay oh. with Ben and uh, he wants to just ask you one question sure. I think you're better to answer it than me sure here if you wanna you can just talk on the this is very strange hi <laughs> Dimitri hi how's it going good how are you yeah good good um, yeah, it's great to it's great to talk to you. First of all, I should just say that I love the Kickboxer Retaliation. It's uh, it's a it's a mighty fine movie. So uh, yeah, congratulations for, for well, thank for you, that. thank you so much. It's really funny because we've been getting some incredible uh, reviews, yeah. which is something that I always warned everybody about. You know, when you're making a North American um, martial arts film, usually reviewers you know don't respond to it at all. It's, sure. it's the best thing you can make over in Asia. But yeah. here, they just kind of think that it's goofy, you know, and uh, suddenly uh, I was proven wrong because everybody likes the movie and is having a lot of fun. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, certainly the reviewers are. You've got an established franchise there as well, which I guess w- that could have been a blessing and a sort of curse in many ways, couldn't it, Dimitri? Because, you know, you're trying to relaunch this property, which has got a very loyal, strong fan following. But then there's probably also, you know, people who are just craving to see, you know, this thing reborn. So it's a difficult it's a difficult thing to, <laughs> to weigh up, isn't it, really, I guess? Yeah, it is. But, you know... <clears throat> The original was was something that I grew up with, and it's generations ago. So yeah. if you're thinking about something that was 1989, and yeah. it was it was incredible at the time, and it was really wild to watch. Uh, but just like you know, Kickboxer was iconic in 1989, and Enter the Dragon was iconic when it was released. Yeah. You know, today you have you're you're so removed with so many generations, and the kind of things that, uh, you know, our actors uh, and uh, specifically, you know, Alan can do on camera, just, in my opinion, blow everything that you've ever seen out of the water. That's what I was saying to Alan when he, when he passed you over there. I just asked him, you know, it's a hard question for him to answer. So it's good that I'm talking to you now, Dimitri. Um, but what was it you saw in Alan? Because I know you tried to make a movie together before Kickboxer. Obviously, he auditioned there as a stunt guy. He didn't expect that he would end up being the leading man. Um, you know, here's someone who had no acting experience and he'd only just started in movies as well. So I'm just intrigued. What were the things you saw in him that made you think, this is my guy? Well, this particular, you know, genre, the martial arts genre, you need to have credibility in the genre. And the only way you get credibility in the genre is with a true, uh, fantastic, uh, uniquely capable martial artist. And without that as as the beginning and and the end, you really can't go anywhere in the genre. Because today, better than at any other time, 
you know, kids do an awful lot of research and they look and they see and they watch and they can tell that, you know, you're putting people on green screen and you're doubling them with three uh, different stunt guys, making them look like they can do all kinds of stuff. Sure. And, and you can't get away with that in martial arts. So, for instance, you know, you could get an actor and you could train him uh, for a year, but he's not going to have, you know, the, the, the 30 years experience that a guy who's got a six-degree jiu-jitsu, who's a six-degree jiu-jitsu master yeah. has, nor yeah. is he going to have the kind of acrobatic experience that Alan got as a young boy uh, just going ahead and pursuing that. So yeah. <clears throat> combine that. And if you notice in the film, you see that I don't cut the camera. So a, a lot yeah. of a lot of experts that watch the movie knows what knows what that means. The audience just feels it. So they're watching and about a minute into a long take, they'll go, wait a minute. He, yeah. There's no, there's no tricks here. You didn't direct the first film, Dimitri, and you are directing the second. You did produce the, the first one. Um, uh, I'm just intrigued why you made that creative decision to be like, actually, I'm going to take the, take the helm on this one. Well, because I was extremely frustrated. Um, I was watching the first one and, um, I was watching, you know, uh, as a as a former martial artist and as somebody who did an awful lot of action television <clears throat> as a director uh, coming up in the ranks, you know, and, and television tends to put you through what I call uh, boot camp. So it, it sure. it's it's the Marines of uh, yeah. movie making, and you have to make uh, decisive decisions and live with them. And you have to figure out a way to cover action because you just don't have that that time, you know. And so I knew how to cover the action and I knew how to present the action in a unique way that I would be impressed with as an audience member. So I thought to myself, you know, I really uh, should just do it. And uh, and I think I pulled it off. So I was just saying to Alan there, it feels like the second one. It's got a more of an identity of its own. It feels lighter. It feels more organic. Definitely, the fight scenes. It's a it's a it's a step up in the sense of you know these lovely long one take fight scenes are just you know they're great to to watch. The performance as well you got out of Alan I thought was was fantastic and a mark up from the first one as well. I think. Do you would you would you agree with that? He's, he's oh, done, absolutely. Uh, he's done but well. I mean, you know, yeah. listen to. to, to hand it to him he works his ass off you know Alon yeah. works works his ass off he's really focused um the acting is not anything that he's been working on but now he is and he's been working on it uh uh with the kind of intensity and focus that it, it, he approaches his martial arts in his stunts yeah. and so you can see the dramatic difference from the first one to the second one and it's only going to get better and better from there yeah um, but it's not because uh, of lack of dedication. I mean, I, I believe that he's going to knock everybody's socks off in the next few years. Yeah. Uh, because, again, who, who, who can you name out there right now that can do what he does? No one. <laughs> They're all, or anybody, anybody there was is in their 60s, pushing 70s. So for me, for me I would say that, that uh, it, it's Jet Li, okay? Jet sure. Li, who's authentic, who is a real martial artist and a, a real champion uh, is about the only one that I've ever seen who could pull that mm. stuff off and, and did it in his time. Uh, but other than that, I mean, and, and remember, you know, Alan is over 200 pounds. Jet Li, what was he, 140, 150 pounds sure. at, at the most? Sure. 
and he moves like he does at his weight, which, you know, defies gravity. Yeah, I mean, it's amazing the stuff he can do. I have to wave a flag here for uh, uh, UK's uh, favorite martial arts actor, Scott Atkins, who uh, is definitely someone who... Oh, I love Scott. Fly for that. Uh, I love for Scott, that. And by the way, and by the way, Scott is, is an amazing martial artist. I, I know you've got Kickboxer Armageddon in the works. Actually, what can you tell me about that? How, how far along are you with that project? Well, if you like uh, Retaliation, you're going to love Armageddon because we're going to take the envelope and we're going to push it uh, even farther. So yeah. if you think that the uh, first one or that we did is amazing in this, we're going to take it to a whole new level in the next one. And remember, you know, when you take a look at, at what is purported to be a one or let's say an atomic blonde, where they do a number of cuts and cowboy switches and things like that to, yeah. you know, uh, replace her with a stunt person. You know, remember, I don't do any of that stuff. Um, no, no. So when my when Alan is, is hitting and kicking my guys, he's really hitting and kicking them in the head. Yeah. <laughs> and so we're going to take that to a completely different level. It's a darker picture. Um, it, it goes to a place uh, where, you know, we, we kick uh, off the franchise with the word vengeance. And it takes you to a place where ultimately vengeance leads, which is not a good place. Yeah. And so that's really the tone that we're going to get to. Um, uh, and that said, um, we also have a brand new franchise that we're launching in the new year called yeah. Jiu-Jitsu, which sure, is... Sure, this is what Alan was saying. This sounds exciting. Uh, that's with Alan as well, then, is it? Yeah. And it yeah. is... It is uh, uh, it's uh, science fiction. So it's going to be science right. fiction martial arts, which will really... Uh, blow people's minds because yeah. uh, we're going to continue what we do um from the standpoint that that uh, we're going to be doing it authentically uh with all of our martial arts sequences but we're going to throw in there a science fiction element that i think will enhance um everything uh and just make it a lot more fun interesting okay it's, it's slim on the ground, isn't it, really, with, with regards to just martial arts filmmaking in general? I mean, there must be demand for it because, you know, you've launched a whole new trilogy of movies here. So, Well, what's, um, really, what's really funny, again, is I've always said that the martial arts genre, when I grew up and, and when there's a little boy and a little girl in, in all of us, is about looking at somebody who you know isn't donning a green suit that is going to have a lot of special effects all over them. But you're looking at somebody that you, you in your mind imagine you to be who can kick the shit out of the bad guy yeah. and, uh, and who sits there and, and you know, you all of us have put up with bullies in our lives yeah. and, and in martial arts, somebody does something about it. So your lead does something about the bully and you think to yourself, you know, perhaps if I was to train, and, and do the same kind of things that this person did, I could be a real-life superhero. Yeah. And that's what we're putting across. Like, I mean, I can, you know, wire you up, put a great suit on you and muscle you up and then fly you around. So, um, but that's not the same as what I'm doing. Um, yeah, I'd, so, I'd, be, I'd be terrible at that as well. <laughs> but, you know, but I think the audience responds to that. They continue to be the best films you can make. And remember, you know, you're making a movie about honor, respect, family, loyalty. Um, and that's what it always boils down to. So yeah. I don't know. What's, what's better than that? 
you still see enough creativity within that genre. There's enough stories that haven't been told. There's different angles you can take. You you still feel encouraged by martial arts films and find inspiration from that. Absolutely. I mean, yeah. I think that, uh, you know, obviously, look, you you had a martial arts movie, what, 15, 20 years ago that won an Academy Award. So yeah, true. I think yeah. as long as we keep our minds open and we approach it as filmmakers and storytellers and just entertain the audience and give it 110%, I think uh, the sky's the limit in terms of what we're going to be able to deliver. See, I just want to kill you like dogs. All right, I'm back. Yes. That was great. Thanks thanks for that. That was very unexpected. Good. My pleasure. So I'm trying to think how far we got now. I wanted to talk about the step into the stunt world. Was there ever any stunts that you would have said no to? Or were you very much like quite gung-ho about it when you were starting off and you were like, yeah, I'll do that. Yeah, I'll do that. Yeah. No, hey, listen, I, everything that was thrown at me was physical. So falls and sure. fighting and that kind of stuff. So I, there was nothing wires then put me on wires to slam me against walls and fly me over something and fall again so all that stuff i, I felt very comfortable with so there was never yeah. a, really an offer that you know i was like ah, i don't think so the, the, the most important thing about stunt work is safety that's yeah. all it is it's not yeah. just about the coolest gag or the most cra- the craziest gag it's about the craziest gag you can do safely you make yeah. it look crazy but really you're getting up and going home at the end of the day. Sure. That's what we want to do. You've never been injured doing any of the stunts that you've done? Bumps, bruises, um, no serious injuries. Thank sure. God. Yeah. 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 I guess they've got all the insurance and everything's locked down on those big movies that you've been working on as well. Like there's, you know, it'd be very rare if something were to happen to go wrong. Although, you know, sadly, we do hear about that, don't we? Every, oh, every yeah. Not recently. Things, I mean, yeah. that's, that's exactly it. I mean, everybody wants things to go crazy and, the, some, something that happens sometimes is, and on certain sets um, is the fact that, you know, you get to, you, you take so much time doing your, your dramatic stuff. It's great. And I mean, obviously you got to get the shots and we get to set and then we have this action piece. Okay, let's set five people on fire. Everybody's like, yeah, we have half an hour of light left. We got to do it. Go, 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 go. Okay, we have to rehearse. No rehearsal. Let's just go, go, set them on fire. And it's like, okay, hold on a second. This yeah. is the most dangerous part of this shoot. You took like eight hours or 10 hours or 12 hours to shoot dialogue, which you kept on doing. You didn't rush anybody. You didn't say, actors, go, 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 go. No, right now, right now. No, nobody said that. However, yeah. when the guy's about to jump 100 feet on fire, you're like not taking precautions. You're not, you don't, you don't really care. So yeah. that's where I, I hate when that happens. I, you yeah. see it sometimes and you, you're like, no. You know. And have you ever flatly refused and said to a director, I am not doing that, there's no, there, there's no way? I've never been in that situation. I've always had yeah, uh, sure. worked with really cool directors and, uh, yeah. and great people. And also the stunt coordinators I've worked for have always been the first people to back everything up. And that's the yeah. other thing. When you have a stunt coordinator that says, hold on, everybody. You all take a breathe, a breather, and we're going to prep this properly, and we're going to do it when we're damn ready. If not, we're just all going to walk away. I've had, you know, some some coordinators will say that, and then everybody takes a breath and says, "Okay," and they don't have a choice. Yeah. You know what I mean? So I think that's imp- it's important to have stunt coordinators that have that kind of mentality and attitude, and they, most of them do actually. They, they're all about safety. Stunt coordinators are yeah. all about safety. They want you to do the best job possible. And then walk away safely. Working with Henry Cavill and, and then um, Hugh Jackman, Travis Fimmel, all these guys, I have to tell you, they were amazing physically. Hugh Jackman is known to do tons of his action. And again, the things where they don't have him do, 
most of the time is the things where he has to fly 30 feet and fall on the ground. They have the stunt sure. double do that stuff, especially yeah. because they don't want him to get injured because he's got to work the next day. You yeah. know what I mean? And ultimately, he might actually want to do that stuff, but it's the you know the, the directors, the producers, whoever's involved in the insurance there, that obviously they're like, no, no, there's no way that our leading man is going to jump. 30 feet and uh, be set on fire. No, you can't um, hit him, actually. Yeah. I had to toss him over my shoulders on the, the top of the White House. I tossed right. him over, and he fought with the producers to get it to be able to do it at least once, and they didn't want anything to do with it. No, we're going to double do it. But he was like, Adam, he's like, no, I have to do it once. Please let me do it once. And he fought for it. Then finally they said yes. So I tossed Channing over my shoulders. He's like, you know, six feet in the air, slam yeah. on the glass roof, literally. He, like, did it. The next day when he walked in, like, so you feel today, he's like, oh, fuck, I'm so sore. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> like, well, there you go. You know? Yeah. So, um, and at some point, he wanted to do the big fall through the through the glass roof, which sure. is a 25-foot fall. And he's, like, wow. telling everybody, I want to do it, I want to do it, until he saw rehearsal. And he looked up, and he saw his fall, and he's like, nah, it's okay. I'm not going to do that. <laughs> <laughs> I think I'll pass. I'll, I'll yeah. pass on that one. Here's yeah. where I think credit should be given. Like, there, there, there's a, a lot of talk about Academy Awards and stunts and all that kind of sure. stuff, right? I yeah. think in all these award shows, they should have a. For me, the category is not even just about stunt work; it's about action design. They're not putting, uh, giving it the artistic credit it deserves, yeah. and that's where I think that there should be a category for, you know, for the second unit director, the head of the department, just there, like there is in visual effects and hair and makeup. Yeah. There should be action design. That's yeah. Gladiator. That's Braveheart. That's you know, all these amazing films that have won Academy Awards, by the way. That's best yeah. picture that are all action movies. But yeah, yeah. little, you know, do we recognize that action is even part of it? The action is part of the story and it's told yeah. the story a lot of the story is told through action. And Absolutely. that is the genius into the in the design. It's the butterfly style. The first sort of major acting thing that I can see that pops up in your filmography there is your work with Joey Anser, who obviously being uh, British, I need to mention Joey and your work on Street Fighter Resurrection. That was a leading role there. That was a, a, a web series that Joey was working on. How did you get involved in that? Did you know Joey? Uh, no, I didn't know Joey. So this, uh, I, Joey sent me a message um, the fall after I finished, right after I finished uh, shooting Kickboxer. So I shot Kickboxer first. And then oh, Joey right. send me, sends me a message, and he's like, hey, I'm doing this thing, Street Fighter, on Facebook. He sends me a message. I don't know him. So then I asked my friend Dennis. My friend Dennis Lafon is like a martial arts movie encyclopedia. So he's a stuntman. He's amazing. Quite a, an amazing performer and choreographer. So Dennis, I'm like, do you know Joey Ansa? He's like, yeah, he's the guy, and he's in Morocco, and in, in the born. He's really cool, yeah. and he does different things. And so I'm like, okay. So I answered Joey. We went back and forth, and finally he sent me a script and what he wanted and all that kind of stuff. And I was like, man, this is so cool. And I saw um, uh, the first series, uh, Street Fighter um, Assassin's, Assassin's Fist. Fist. Exactly. Yeah. So I watched that, and I'm like, oh, this is really cool. This guy knows yeah. how to shoot. He's doing great action and all that kind of stuff. This should be, and then the character when he told, when then I called him, we talked on the phone about the character Charlie Nash, and, and I'm like, man, this is really going to push me. This is going to push yeah. me acting wise and stuff like that. So I talked to, um, I had a chat with my manager, and I'm like, what do you think? He's like, well, what do you, what do you think? Do you like the script? And I said, I think this is pretty cool. I think it's really going to push you in a different place. And I'm like, yeah. yeah, it was such a great experience working with Joey. Joey is so passionate and so um, so fun to be around. He's always a very yeah. happy, go lucky guy. He's got great vision. Um, for Street Fighter, and again, I, I just loved his direction. 
because yeah. he knew what he wanted. He got me to the right place, and I had fun. I could have so much fun with this character, yeah. who's a total badass. Yeah. Um, and he's, a, he's an anti-hero, which is great. You know, playing an anti-hero is fun because you get to be the good guy but do bad things. So <laughs> that was cool to me. That was really, really cool. When you first heard that they were going to bring Kickboxer back, it was going to be rebooted. Mm -hmm. um, you've grown up watching Van Damme movies. Bloodsport, as you say, is. Uh, do you prefer Bloodsport to Kickboxer then? I don't. I always preferred Kickboxer because of Tongue Po. Sure. That's okay, why okay. I like you're not contractually stories. you're not contractually uh, ob obligated to say that though. Not at all. No, no, I can no. say whatever I want. I could say I hate all the Van Damme films if I wanted to. So, I don't have. Yeah. I, can, I can say whatever I want. Um, yeah. But no, literally, it was a Kickboxer was my favorite, and I, I'll tell you because yeah, um, the, the story is fun in Thailand and uh, and you know Master Zian, it's cool. But Tong yeah. Po, the vil yeah. to me, villains make a hero. Okay, yes. it's really interesting. The bigger, the better the villain the better and the grander the hero to me yeah. you know the more heroic people become and uh, obviously yeah. I, I like i love bolo young i thought bolo young was amazing and bless part i thought that was great so but good. tong po was the guy tong po for me yeah. was like that villain and now i remember when this was kicking off because i remember hearing tony jar's name being mentioned mm -hmm. uh, and was he he was signed on wasn't he he was going to be in the movie yeah right? so so uh, tony jar was signed on um, and then Scott, they were talking to Scott Atkins as well for, for a yeah. little while. I actually yeah. had talked, I talked to Scott too. Um, we went back and forth and stuff, but in the end it didn't work with the schedule. Uh, he had other things going on at the same time. So, and then because it was pushed for a little while, uh, we were working with Batista's schedule as well. Um, Tony job became unavailable. So sure. that's when like, so Batista, so I hear Tony, Tony sent me a message too. He says, listen, I just told everyone my schedule's not going to work out. Uh, I won't be able to do the film, but good luck to you. And I hope everything goes well. The next morning I wake up and I'm like, oh my God, what are you going? We're in New Orleans, ready to shoot. Like, I'm like, what are we going to do? And Dimitri says, relax, as he always does to me. He says, relax, we'll have breakfast. I'll let you know. <laughs> and I'm like, okay, go to breakfast. And he's like, okay, well, Tony, as you saw us out and then, um, Scott won't be able to do the film. There's scheduling conflicts. However, we have Gina Carano coming in and we have JC. And I'm like, yeah. oh my God, that's amazing. So that's just, it all happened last minute, right before, or as we were starting to shoot, as we were getting wow. ready to shoot. Wow. Um, but you know what? I think everything happens for a reason. I'm a big believer, yeah. you know? And I think the everything coming together the way it did was the right combination yeah and let's just quickly talk there about meeting your hero so Jean-Claude Van Damme you had actually met him before you worked with him on a commercial is that right that's right I worked on uh, the GoDaddy commercials um, yeah I that's the advert where he's he's playing the bongos <laughs> you got it, exactly yeah. yeah yeah it's a great yeah. advert um but uh, when you're actually working you know day one and you're there face to face with Van Damme you know, remaking Kickboxer, which is one of his, you know, most iconic films. Uh, mm -hmm. Can you can you describe what what was what was that like that that first day, like meeting him and then and then actually working with him on on the film? Oh man, it was it was incredible. I mean, it's uh, yeah. you know it, it's kind of surreal that you don't believe it's going to happen until it does, and then when it does, you kind of don't know how you feel about it. They're just excited, you know. So what struck me. Um, what really struck me on that day was the fact that not only was he huge, and he was nice, he's a super nice guy, he said, hey, what's sure. up, blah, 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 and we chewed the shit a little bit, and then, you know, we get started, but he was actually nervous on the first day. 
Sure. And this he, and he, God, man, he's a veteran. He's an action star, 25 yeah. years, and he's a veteran. And he gets first day jitters. And I was like, and he yeah. told me, he's like, you know, I'm a little, you know, it's going to go well. Like, I'm excited and, you know, just, you know, a little, got to get through the first take. And, <laughs> and I'm like, okay, <laughs> this is like, I feel good right now. This is amazing. Yeah. You know, well, that's and then, very humbling. That's very uh, humbling to see, isn't it? I guess it yeah. is. It's incredible. Yeah. And we, and you know what? We had a good time. We get started. We do that scene. It was a dialogue scene. Then we went into another, uh, tra- right after that, it was a fighting and training scene. And, you know, we just had fun. It was it yeah. was so cool, but I remember there was you know that fight in the rain. Yes, yeah. So th- there's a moment there I, at some point. I remember I think it's after he tossed me, uh, he tosses me down, or after he kicks me and I flip and I, I land on my back. And I remember they called cut, and all I can think about is I just kind of sat up and looked around and I was like, man, I'm doing a fight scene with JC. I'm starring in the film. Yeah. This is pretty damn incredible, yeah. <laughs> you know. And I just yeah. sat there to appreciate that moment. Because it, 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 that's how I felt. I, I felt so happy and grateful to be there. Yeah, you know. Well, that was that's it's a dream come true, isn't it, Alan? Really. Absolutely. I mean, from yeah, you know, from growing up and watching this guy. Did it feel like when you were making the movie that there was a lot of pressure to, you know, do a good job? Because I mean, you've got a lot of fans of that film and that franchise. It's an established thing. Was it actually quite a nice, relaxed sort of shoot? No, I was a relaxed coach, man. Like yeah. that, that kind of pressure you put on yourself, and you have to choose to put on yourself. I didn't, um, yeah. you know, and Dimitri didn't either, you know, and nobody did. Everybody was out to make the best movie possible. I knew going into it that I would get all kinds of responses, some positive, yeah. many negative. Like it would be both because some people, I could have done the best job in the world. It wouldn't matter. Some people will come out and say, oh, it sucked. I love the original more. But yeah. to me, it was never a question of saying, let's make better than the original. Or so, No, we're making something new for a new generation. For myself, I knew I would compare it to JC, but never did I ever try to say, hmm, how do I recreate what he did at the time? You know what I mean? It was always about doing a new performance. It's brand new. Yeah. It's me. It has yeah. to be me. It has to be yeah. like, not the next Jean-Claude. It has to be the first L.A. Moussi. You know what I mean? That's yeah. kind of how I look at it. And it must have been a surreal experience, though, to have been... You know, there is iconic scenes which are recreated in that in in the remake, and you know the famous Muay Thai fight at the end with Tong Po and mm-hmm. David Sister, and there's the dancing uh, bits as well. You know, all these like iconic moments that are in in that movie. That must have been a very surreal thing when you were making those scenes, recreating those, and Van Damme is there <laughs> with you. Of course, uh, no, that it, must it's have been incredible. Strange. It is yeah. incredible, and when I was shooting that dancing at the end was awesome. That was so much yeah. fun. Stop it. Lee Tong Hao, what do you want? I want one of your men. Retaliation, just quickly, was was an incredible experience because I came in with a lot more confidence and a lot more experience. And I yeah. took over the action department with my some of my buddies and, and our great team in Thailand. I got to work with Mike Tyson and Chris Lambert. And that's just a dream come true yeah, for me. You know what I mean? one of the few people in the world, I guess, who can actually say what it feels like to have been hit by Mike Tyson, which I can imagine is uh, quite an experience. It was amazing, <laughs> he does, man. Yeah, it was awesome. Yeah. It was yeah, really cool. I mean, what was he like on set? I mean, he's, he strikes me as an, he's an interesting guy. Yeah, he's an interesting guy. He's yeah. funny. He's, you know, he laughs a lot and he's relaxed. I mean, he just does yeah. what you tell him to do. I mean, it's the, he was there to, to have fun and to, to shoot. And we had a great time doing the fight scene. He said, actually, he said that this has been his favorite set to work on ever. Wow. He's like, yeah. he had so much fun working on the set. So, no, we had, we had great chemistry. Actually, one in IGN's uh, review, which I love, they said, 
uh, I think some of the, one of the quotes is that Alain Moussi is the first actor to ever have chemistry with Mike Tyson. Now, that's, yeah. that's an opinion, <laughs> all right? And that's okay. Yeah. Um, but I'll take that opinion. I think that's really cool to hear, you know what I mean? Um, yeah. And then Hathor Bjornsson the, for the end fight, you know, that was just the most yeah, brilliant game fight of I've ever done. Yeah, yeah. dude, that was, I got beat up for that a lot. For seven days, we shot that fight, uh, 12-hour days, nonstop. It was, uh, it was wow. crazy. So we had yeah. fun doing that. And then Christopher Lambert, like I said, uh, I was a huge fan of Mortal Kombat as well. And, and to work with him was, was really cool to get uh, a piece of his magic was, was so much fun. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, just such a nice man, just a gentleman. Um, yeah. And JC, now we, it's our second time, our second round, you know. So we have a relationship going. It's fun. We have a good time and we have this chemistry. You do want to see more from this as well, which is the, mm-hmm. which is the important thing, really. If you're making a trilogy of films, that middle film can sometimes be a bit of a, a bridging film, a bit of a, a, a nothing thing. Uh, uh, but it does leave you wanting to, you know, learn more about these characters and to see what, where the story is going to progress. Well, so, now in Armageddon, yeah. you're going to see that which is great. So I'm really looking forward to get that started. It's a, it's an awesome, like Dimitri said, it's an amazing script. Um, it, it goes darker and yeah. it's, it, that makes it a lot, a lot of fun. The next franchise that he talked about was jujitsu. Um, yeah. and that's, uh, that's cool. It's different, totally different than this. I mean, it's a science, um, sci-fi action. Yeah, martial a arts. sci-fi action thing. Okay. So that's, uh, that sounds interesting. Dude, it, it, imagine a, a, almost like a cross, what kind of thing? A cross between Mortal Kombat and Predator. You know, that's kind yes. of the, the world we're going to live in, which yeah, is going to be okay. so cool. Okay, so yeah. definitely it's going to be fun, and we're looking to start that off in uh, the end of the year this year. I just want to say you've got a you've got a young family as well. You've got a young uh, daughter. Uh, yep. Does she know? Uh, does she know what you do? Is she uh, is she a fan? Yeah, no, yeah. She's a, she she does. I showed her. I, I was able to show her one episode of Street Fighter. Um, oh, cool, yeah. But, you know, yeah, so, so whatever was easiest. And she understands stunt work. She's seen my stunt reel and she understands that movies, it's fake, it's not real. Uh, we yeah. explain it to her. We show her very basic sequences, especially when you see me stand up and start smiling again, which is great. That's sure. where she knows it's all safe. So, yeah. yeah, she understands that daddy works on movies. And yes. she was in LA with us at our premiere. Uh, she didn't watch yeah. the movie, absolutely not. But <laughs> she was there on the red carpet, took a picture, and she gets to understand that. We're making movies. Would you rather your daughter becomes a martial artist as she gets older or an actor? What are your, Listen, what are your I, thoughts on that? I think my, I want my daughter to do whatever she makes her happy. Uh, there's, yeah. I, I actually don't even have a preference, honestly. Sure. I, um, are we, in, we, we, you know, she does gymnastics. She does do some jujitsu. She does. Yeah. So she skis. She skates. She she does. She plays hockey. She's sure. very active. Uh, she's like a yeah. little monkey. You know, she loves climbing. She's very. Um, very physical. So I do. I feel like she might end up, you know, wanting to do something physical. Yes, it, it might happen. At the same time, yeah. you never know. My wife's an yeah. academic. My wife's a doctor. She's an anesthesiologist. So, sure. you know. So yeah, I, I, I'm a big believer. You gotta make. You gotta do what makes you happy. Yeah. So instead of having expectations, what I decide to do is introduce all kinds of stuff, things that I love, things that my wife loves, and we'll see what uh, she decides to do. Let's see what you know? happens. Yeah. 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 That's awesome. Alan, listen, thank you so much for your time. Well, it's my pleasure. And thank you very much for, uh, for talking to me and uh, the opportunity and for promoting the film. And uh, thanks for the review as well. It was a really cool, yeah. uh, cool to read. Thank you. Cool. Appreciate it. Yeah, no worries. Thank you so much, Alan. You, you have a good day. You too. Bye-bye. Yes, yes, Alain Moussi there. Great to talk to him. Plus a little bit of Dimitri Logothetis thrown in for good measure. That was a lovely little addition to the show. 
very happy about that. It kind of threw me off for a little second there, but I think I, uh, I think I pulled it together okay. Uh, uh, it was good to talk to Dimitri actually, as, as unexpected as it was, but um, he does uh, seem to be on a, a sort of one-man crusade to save martial arts movies. Uh, whether you think they actually need Savior or not, I guess, is um, up for debate because um, there's certainly been some, you know, some fantastic martial arts movies that have been made over the last few years. So um, anyway, he is doing fantastic work with Alan uh, at the moment, and I, I personally can't wait to see uh, what else they come up with over the next few years. So. Um, very exciting indeed. Keep up to date with Alain Moussi via Instagram. He's always on Instagram and he posts lots of uh, cool videos as well of uh, uh, sort of tricks and kicks that he's doing. It's uh, it's definitely well worth uh, a follow. Uh, if you don't follow him already, his Instagram handle is at Alain Moussi uh, and that's the same on Twitter too. Okay, so we're going to go on a bit of a mid-season break for a little while. Um, I'm not too sure when we'll be back, to be honest, but um, it won't be too long, Foo followers, uh, you know. But it is important to take a break every now and again and to recharge. When we do return, we'll be fully loaded and fully charged uh, and ready to take on the rest of Season 3. I do hope you've been enjoying Season 3 so far, by the way. We've had a pretty good run, to be fair. We started with uh, Daniel Liu and Tai Mark. Uh, and then followed that with Diana Lee and Asanto. We've had Kung Lee on the show, Scott Adkins, Amy Johnston, and then Dimitri Logothetis and Alan Moussi. And that is a pretty awesome list of people, if, if you ask me. So um, I do hope you've been enjoying it so far. Any comments, any feedback, don't hesitate to email me. The email address is hello at kungfumovieguide.com. Plus, of course, there is always all the usual kfmg pod social media channels so for the time being then take care foo followers wherever you are around the world keep kicking uh, and i'll see you again real soon on the kung fu movie guide podcast thank you very much bye for now Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns.